we search for the cementers But you're asking the wrong questions Ain't it true? You're wondering why bad things Only happen to other people on the Welcome to the Wake Up and Smell the Coffee podcast with Global Wake Up. My name is Lizzie Daly and I'm along with the one and only, wonderfully wet, Marine Mad, Tom the Blowfish Head. Dripping. I'm dripping. Oh no, that got weird. (laughs) And, And this week we are talking fashion. And not just any fashion, but fast fashion. Fast fashion. So what you do is you put it on really quickly and then you wear it really quickly and you take it off. Fast. 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 No, so, no R in it. So I'm going to say fast for this fast. podcast. It's just, fast, it's fast, fast. Very fast. Um, but it's not that kind of fast, fast fashion. It's a type of fashion which we as a culture, as a society, have created this monster of fast fashion. And basically, fast fashion is big production of clothes all year round. We've created this monster uh, where everybody wants the new next bit of clothing, bit of apparel. And we're creating more and more clothes at a more and more rapid speed at a lower cost and as a result we're having a bigger and bigger negative impact on our environment now blowfish hello tell me about your your fashion choices i mean if anyone was to look at us right now recording this podcast you'd see that i'm in trainers jeans and just a top which is pretty much what i wear all the time but what do you wear apart from you know tutus and things well of course the tutus and the figure hugging spandex is to die for um <laughs> you should see me when i'm doing my dr frankenfurter uh well i'm wearing the same uh three-quarter length cut off jeans i've been wearing since i was 16 um i think i've these these jeans i'm wearing now i'm fairly sure i've had them since my 20s uh i being a metalhead Fashion does not come into my world. Being right. a metalhead, there is no fashion. There is just band T-shirts, black, and chains. That is that is it for me. <laughs> so I've never been I've never been one for for fashion, and certainly growing up in Yorkshire as well. Uh, you know, you, you want to buy it, well, you got to keep it. So right, anything exactly. anything I have had, I've I've kept for a long time. But coming into this, I was, I think foolishly i was already aware of fast fashion but i don't think i'd ever been able to identify it for what it was right uh which you know the the when you start looking at it the the kind of the numbers the turnover the the insanity of it is crazy yeah yeah. and i'm i'm exactly the same as you i think i'm coming into this perhaps in the same way maybe i can speak you know for you and i when i say that neither of us are really invested in the fashion world or or it's not really our background, basically. And for me as well, I personally, I just use things pretty much till they're dead. And I wouldn't say that started as a result of me thinking, oh, I need to be more environmentally friendly and wear this till it's death. I just am not very fashionable and I will just use it out of practicality, if anything else. Um, so, yeah, you're totally right. This whole thing of what is fast fashion has kind of blown up more recently and... Um, 
the media actually took it by storm back in 2013. Now, there's a number of issues with the fast fashion industry that we'll be covering today. Um, And I want to kind of put a positive spin on this as well later by talking about how we can use technology in a good way to more sustainably shop and better buy clothes. But in 2013, eight-storey building in Bangladesh collapsed uh, and within it, there were all these workers. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that happening. That was terrible. Right. Awful. Over a thousand people died in that. That's just awful. And so today, I think it would be really good to kind of talk about fast fashion as a whole, uh, us as consumers, the environmental impact, but actually all the other things that go along with it. Um, let's start with the environment. Let's talk about the huge environmental impact that you have with the fashion industry. So did you know, I read this the other day, 10% of the world's carbon emissions is from fashion, the fashion industry. Jesus, 10%. really? 10%. Oh my God, that's like a country. Absolutely. So fashion it, fashion is its own country in carbon. Absolutely. Good that, God. That's a good way of putting it, a carbon I, country. I found out as well that we're only talking 20 years on this. We're talking 20, right. fa- fast fashion, this mm-hmm. idea that, that from from what I gather, and I'm sure you know you've, you've probably covered this as well, that it is the the concept as far as the producers are concerned is something is shown on a catwalk and then they produce whatever was shown on the catwalk for like an 18th of the price they mass produce it ship it out while it is in fashion mm. and you know there's fashion bit and then they just wait for the next catwalk thing to come out and they go again yeah absolutely. and and that's kind of the you know the money making scheme about it but yeah the past past two year, uh, two decades that's it that's how long this has been going on for yeah and if you look at the fashion industry it started with well not started but for a very long time it's been your four seasons right mm. so you have your summer your autumnal looks your lovely orangey shades to get you in the mood for still, still wearing clothes. the same three quarter length jeans throughout the whole thing right though, yeah? <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah, you're just standing there in one outfit the entire that's time. pretty much it yeah it's pretty much it shorts all year round <laughs> but yeah i mean you get it you get all all the seasons but now there are a multitude of seasons in the fashion world there are. There's, really? Yep, yeah, there's more than four. Um, oh, gosh, I can't actually like remember what? how many there are. Like Springer and Aut Unter. I kid you not, the fashion industry no longer has four seasons. It's something close to like 20 different seasons now. I cannot types. actually believe that, Lizzie yeah, Daly. Are real. you telling me the seriousness? The seriousness is seriousness. And this is a world that you and I know nothing about. And... You and I, I think I'm we're pretty shocked. clued up on these issues, on the environmental impacts that we have in our day-to-day. But clothes and fashion is such an important part of our culture. Uh, everyone wears clothes unless you just don't wear clothes. I know, and I got arrested for that, yeah. so I can't really keep doing it. <laughs> but it's it's such an integral part of everybody's day-to-day. And I think doing this podcast is really important and actually really good for for you and I mm. maybe as well to kind of discuss actually, hang on a minute, this is a much bigger issue than we could have ever imagined. Well, I'll tell you, as far as we've just covered in, in great length the fact that Lizzie and I are in uh, no man's land here, which is which is good. You know, we're in, learning as you're learning. Uh, the, the actual environmental problems of fast fashion are numerous and and, and tenfold. And this is certainly something I, I can talk about. Uh, a big one that's popped up recently that we mentioned, I believe, also in our plastics podcast, is that a lot of fast fashion clothes are made out of 
uh, polymers. So they're not made out of cottons, they're made out of nylons, and, and these kind of materials are actually derived from oils. They are derived from plastics. So when you wash one of these items of clothing, these microfibers, these tiny microscopic threads are washed out, they go down your washing machine, down into the drains and into the ocean, and fish are eating them. And now we're eating them. And this is this is very, very bad. In the I I've got a fantastic photograph of uh, an animal that lives in the plankton. It's called uh, an arrow worm. Yes. You know, really important little predator, the arrow worm. Uh, it looks like an arrow. It's lovely. Is it uh, a worm? It is a worm. It looks like an arrow. Yeah. So it's an arrow worm. Did you know? Sorry, I just had to. Oh my god! Up. We just want to make sure we're clear. Uh, and there's, uh, I've got this fantastic photo of one of these guys that's eaten a microfiber. So we're talking, you know, micro. It is microscopic. Mm. This fiber, you wouldn't see it with the naked eye. It's eaten one of these, and it's clogged the entire gut of this animal. Predators in the plankton, very, very important. Top predators go from any ecosystem. You get a crash, you get a problem. So these microfibers are choking these top predators in the plankton. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, it is the plankton that's making a minimum of 50% of the oxygen you're breathing now, if not, potentially 80% of the oxygen you're breathing. So you don't want to mess around with this ecosystem. Lizzie Daly's shaking her head at me. and uh, Say thank and you, she, everybody. Yeah. Thank you to the plankton. Know, good old, good old planktonies. So, you know, you've got the physical washing of, of the stuff, You've then got the the huge amount of waste that goes into making it. You've got the dyes, which are toxic. Yeah. You know, really bad. So the toxic dyes entering the watercourses, that's really, really bad. The whole process for this fast fast fashion is very wasteful in offcuts because it's made so cheaply. There are a lot of uh, things that don't make it through even to the shops. So they're going in the bin as well. And I read this earlier today and I was quite shocked that a cotton t-shirt, so we're not talking now about your microfibers in your nylons and that kind of thing, but just a bog-standard, off-the-rail cotton t-shirt takes 2,700 litres of water to make. Jeez. So how do you choose your right garment then? It's not If it's not cotton, it's plastic. And if it's not plastic, it's cotton. cotton. And in addition to that, with the cotton, it's the pesticides, right? Well, it's everything that goes with it. Mm. In the... For the... the you know, if you need 2,700 litres of water, this is throughout the life of that T-shirt. So it's the water that was required to grow the cotton plant in the first place. It's the water that's required in the uh, industrial process of making it. It's a lot. And if you think that just on one rack of T-shirts in, I don't know, pick your discount store, there's probably 1,000 just in the store on the, on the shop floor at any one time. That's, that's lakes worth of water going on each individual t-shirt just lost and often you mentioned about bangladesh and the was it was bangladesh, bangladesh yeah. yeah they're often in areas where they're already up against sort of environmental roadblocks certainly losing 2700 liters of water each time they make a single t-shirt considering they're making millions probably a year that's insane it's, yeah. you know we're putting this huge environmental weight on a country that really doesn't need it it's, it's Oh, it boggles. Yeah. It really does. And if you listen to a previous podcast that we recorded on climate change, if you think about an increasing number of droughts uh, every single year because of issues around climate change, what do those people then do 
when they rely on water to be able to grow this cotton, to be able to feed this fast fashion industry, which so many people in in these places like Bangladesh rely on this industry to survive and not very well, may I say. They're not always paid that well, um, which is a whole nother podcast in itself. Um, I'm going to throw a fact on what you said. The fast fashion industry is responsible for producing 20% of global waste water. Wow. 20%. Why isn't fast fashion spoken more about in the media? Why, when we use it in our day-to-day lives, every day, do we not... Are we not aware of it? I wasn't aware of this. Some more horrible facts for you. Uh, It emits about 1.2 billion tonnes of CO2 every year, and it produces more than 1 billion garments annually, a third of which, uh, of that million, ends up in landfill. So you've already mentioned about um, throwing it away. It's this consumer attitude towards how we wear clothes and how we dispose of them. A third of a million tons end up in landfill. That is an enormous amount of fearsome, clothes. Fearsome. And it kind of feeds into this attitude, right? And I tell you what, I've fallen into this this trap before, to be honest. You kind of get inundated with, with new stuff constantly. And, and me as a young millennial, if you like, I'm going to put myself in that young. group. Oh, <gasps> I call myself young. My buying habits, or at least my daily habits, are everything really quickly. Go, 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 constantly. And I'm sure you're the same. Oh, yeah. And... I have fallen into the habit previously of being like, oh, I'll just pick up that, I'll just pick up that, and then I have it. And then you kind of, before you know it, you don't even realise that you're buying way more than you need or clothes that you don't need. You know, I for me, as I said, I reuse and reuse all my stuff and I'm not very fashionable, so I'll just wear pretty much bog standard stuff. But I have fallen into that trap, especially if I'm going to buy something for an event or something different that I wouldn't normally wear my day to day, I would be tempted to just go out and buy it. And on top of all of that, what do you then do with that clothing? Do yeah. you do you just throw it away? Are you going to mend it if it gets fixed? There's so many different things to think about with this. Um, and I've definitely fallen into that trap. I think the whole the whole thing with fast fashion, I mean, the whole thing with fashion, the whole thing with clothes is that they're clothes. You know, they're they don't. They don't rank high on uh, people's awareness meter, if you will. You know, if if you think that uh, you could, if you were talking to someone and you were going on a bit of a diatribe, maybe they you, they were your offspring. You could say, "Oh, I've clothed and fed you." Don't you? You've heard that? Oh, I clothed and fed you because it's considered such a basic human right that you have clothes and you are fed. So n- no one's picking up the fact that they're there in these great numbers and they you know that you, you say you get them and they not so much for me i am i'm terrible for I'm, I, honestly i'm terrible for my fashion um i think it, you've got great fashion i look like a barrel with a melon on top <laughs> covered in a pelt of hair i'm about as attractive or indeed as fashionable as a log that's been through a mud geezer that's been slightly run over by a ford transit okay <laughs> I look like a spud with a bad case of beard. Anyway, thank you, Lizzie Daly, for trying to improve isn't my that, minimal self-esteem. Isn't that what a heavy metal marine biologist is meant to look like? What, a spud with a beard? Mm. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Lizzie. Love you too. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, you, you get you get these clothes, 
like say you know i've got obviously you know suits for now and then god i'd be lucky if i wear them three times a year if that it's the same suit and frankly i probably need to get a new one uh but there you go look look what i just said then right it's the same suit it's absolutely fine but instantly just off the top of my head then i said oh i should probably get a new one and i wasn't why? even thinking well because oh it's old i've not worn it for a while right. it's probably looking a bit shabby but it's not i can tell you right now it's absolutely fine i'm gonna wear it next week and it'll be it'll be fine I where can, are you going next week uh i'm going to london to uh, meet uh, meet some friends well put will you wear it and then post a picture of it or put something on social media so can people can see know me in if a you suit. wore it or not yeah. yes i will i will put see me in a suit it is it was i got the suit when i was a little bit bigger than i am now and believe it or not i have actually lost some weight not that it looks it so <laughs> I, I do look like a bouncer but I, I certainly will um but the point is it hides in the cupboard you know out of sight out of mind it hides in the cupboard and I know that if I suddenly think, oh, Christ, I need another, you know, I need a T-shirt for work or, uh, you know, these jeans have finally gone or, you know, I need a new pair of boxers. I'm not going to go rummaging in my drawer because if they're not in that kind of weekly cycle of out use, wash, out use, wash, I'm just going to go and get grab some more. And I can't even believe I'm saying this because I'm essentially saying exactly what the problem is, yeah. you know? Wow. I'm I'm quite shocked by that. Yeah. I am, you know, if you think that you and I, as you've quite rightly said, are not at the top of fashion, you imagine that effect times twenty or thirty for someone who is extremely fashionable, either from you know their social group or their lifestyle. They must, oh my god, they must have an unbelievable turnover of of clothing. Yep. Wow. Uh, no, absolutely, and and that's it really. It's our little consumer habits that we. I think the first stage with this issue of fast fashion is actually learning more about what it is and how we can change our habits. Everything from you know buying smarter to caring for those clothes that we do have and learning actually about the clothes and, and the sources where we get our clothes from, learning more about that. Because I can necessarily tell you if I was to go into like, uh, I don't want to say a, one particular shop, if I was to go into a well-known high street brand... Right, Does in it the middle rhyme of with Rymark. Rymark. Oh no, I I don't go shopping in Rymark. No, but if I went to Rop Shop, Doom. Oh, Rop Shop. Yeah, to Rop Shop to shop. Do I really know who made that cl- uh, clothes and at what cost? You know, there's the environmental cost, and we've already spoken about it. But the cost of making that item, I can tell you now, will not reflect how much they've charged me. There's no link there. No. And I don't know at what expense um, that T-shirt, that item of clothing uh, has has had on those who made it, actually. And if you go into Rop Shop or Ra- H&M... Or- Got other made-up shops oh, that you kind of know who they day. are are yes. available. <laughs> but if you go into those shops, I am always shocked. You walk in, sale, something's for mm. £3. It's lovely top, £3. And you look at it and you just go, wow, that is cheap. That's cheap for me. That's cheap for anyone else walking around on the high street. But actually, what was the real cost of mm. making that? Well, I read, uh, I read a statistic which said that the clothing produced in fast fashion because it's not produced over here it's not produced in the uk because of course our working laws through the eu and through you know all that kind of jazz ensure people have to have the minimum wage and health and safety conditions all that kind of stuff it is being produced in areas where these are much more lax uh, areas where the cost of human life i know that sounds ridiculously over dramatic but it's not you know the cost of human life is less so these uh, these items of clothing are actually being made and cost 
to ship them here and even to ship them in the UK, they actually cost less than the shipping. So, I mean, that in itself, imagine you paying more to move a product than you're going to the make from the product simply because it's that cheap. It's that, you know, you, you bang your mark up on it as much as you like and cane it out the door. It, it's the equivalent of your um, your battery farm chicken, your battery hens, you know, the eggs cheap as, a, cheap as chips kind of thing, which makes me think, actually, if you took fashion you took you know these fast fashion if you, i can't even say it myself now fast fashion if you took some fast fashion and um put on the t-shirts the kind of tags indeed the kind of adverts you see on cigarette packets but obviously not for lung cancer because mm-hmm. fast 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 doesn't doesn't cause lung cancer or at least i don't think it does but perhaps if you had a tag on there which showed someone in a sweatshop which mm-hmm. showed someone you know struggling with uh drought conditions or you know the the effects of someone that's been through like a working loom or something would that make people think twice uh, yeah i think that's a great idea i'd love to see that on tags of clothes yeah. maybe even because then the the reverse happens because ladies and gentlemen there as is life there are two sides to all these stories and you can of course buy things and buy your clothing from really amazing reputable sources and it would be great to have you know a smiling face of someone who's made your clothing um regular listeners uh, thanks both of you for tuning in again uh will know that lizzie daly and i are both uh, marine conservation society ocean ambassadors and the mcs is very proud to have Rapper Nui, which is a t-shirt maker, make their t-shirts for them. And this is a t-shirt maker that is sustainable, start to finish sustainable. So uh, the top end, the fields with the cotton, they're grown with reused rainwater, uh, water which has been collected from the systems, put back into the fields. They have things like uh, planting different crops in there as well. So it's not just a monoculture of cotton. This increases the biodiversity, which means you get more insect predators, which means you keep pests down. That means less pests, so you get more crop, so you get more yield. And they use things like cow manure and natural fertilisers to grow the crop. Then as it passes on down the line, they continue doing good things with it. They will strip the cotton, because cotton essentially explodes like cotton wool from a seed ball. So they will strip the cotton from the seed ball through physical labour. You know, something that here in the UK, oh, no, I don't want to do anything hard, you know, don't want to lift things. Goodness, goodness me, look at my nails, I break them. Um... <laughs> Where are they from? I don't know where that person was from, but uh, they don't want to lift things because they'll break their nails. But once they've then physically laboured to strip the cotton from the seeds, they can then use the seed husks to feed the cows, which then produce the manure to put back on the cotton. So it all just sinks in. And uh, I say Rapa Nui are one. There there are others, thankfully. Um, Sticking with them briefly, when it comes to them physically making the T-shirt, they ensure that they pay a good wage. They ensure that Everything from the whole manufacturing process is under one roof, so products aren't being shipped in lorries and carbon, uh, you know, carbon-consuming vehicles from A to B and C to D and da 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 da. da. And because these areas are in places like India, I think Rapa Nui have uh, areas out in India. They can have their buildings, their factories powered by solar, by renewable energy. So wow, you know, look at that! It's amazing, start to finish. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The difference is at the end, you get a product that is so much better because it hasn't been machine just churned out left, right and centre. It's so much better. It's of a higher quality 
And then, this seems to be the kicker, it's a higher cost. Right. But surely, it's worth paying? Yes. Is it not? I mean, I wonder if the cost is maybe where the battle will be fought. We just said, you know, could you put a sticker on showing someone who'd suffered from fast fashion in a in a poor workshop somewhere? Would people connect to that? I don't know. But is it the cost that we need to get people over on? What do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, How I... much would you be willing to pay for a T-shirt? Straight up. Don't think about it too much. 20 quid? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Only because the T-shirts that I, I have bought for around 20 quid are those that are in that pool of sustainable, independent groups or charities that have made these T-shirts because of that reason. And they're good T-shirts as well. They're, they don't just die right. the first time you put them through the wash. Right. But, you know, where where you and I may be in a bit of a biased situation because we are willing to to make that investment because we know the positive impact it will have. Others may not. Others may not feel that same. And I think that's such a lovely example, by the way, um, of the MCS T-shirt company. I think that's such a great example where like every part of that is sustainable. But how do we make that fashionable? And how do we, kind of linking back to what I was saying earlier, this attitude of, of our generation at the moment is we want things we want new things we want to buy it we want to use it we want to get rid of it and how do we feed this attitude all the way up to the the fashion industry at the top end of being this egotistical mind-bogglingly huge industry that is clearly doing huge huge damage to our environment and to other things as well and so in preparation for this podcast i had a little look around and i had a look online and i found this app called good on you called nice, good on you nice good on you good yeah. good title it's absolutely phenomenal good on you is basically an app which just gives you loads of news and loads of ideas about how you can shop sustainably so you could type in rock shop right yeah and it would tell you a bit about the where they source their clothes from how it's made etc etc and it gives you tips on how to shop more sustainably incredible i think this at this point is what we need right mm. we need people to be better educated about about this issue and what the impact really is. Have you heard of Depop? Depop? Depop. Uh, Did he play a dynamite season for Halifax Town as left back? No? (laughs) No? Uh, There was a dramatic pause there. Just uh, It was was a very big pause. (laughs) It was the full grizzly bear pause, wasn't it? I think Depop would be suitable for even even you. Even a metalhead. Well, I'm saying that because, you know, you say you don't dress well. But if you go into Depop, there are people just like you who dress just like you, who sell their secondhand clothes. It's basically just like a sustainable eBay, if you like. You go on, you put on just your clothes. And my girls from back home, they all use Depop to buy Anything, anything. Mm. So you can find exa- exactly what you're looking for. People like you that dress the same as you, and it's just secondhand, and it's brilliant. And now they're even creating this movement in this Depop app where people are customizing it. People are just mending their clothes. People are just saying, I've got this, it's used, I've fixed it. Does anybody want it? And people say, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think it's ridiculous that certainly as a metalhead, uh, this is one thing that we completely don't understand. A lot of the kit that metalheads wear, the point is that you keep wearing it because it it kind of the more ragged it gets, the more journey it tells. And yet I see lots of people who definitely aren't metalheads, people that are very much into fashion right now, uh, fashionable people, people about town wearing ripped jeans. Why would you buy oh, a why this. would you buy a pair of jeans that has a hole in it? 
You sound you know? like a dad. But I, but seriously, look <laughs> at that. There's a scenario where people are spending more, mm. spending more for less, and it's the it's the double whammy. You've you've hit the the nail on the head of I want it now and it's great, and now I don't want it anymore. And then, well, how do we combat that? And then, how do we combat the people at the top? But the the bottom line is that people, the people at the top, are just happy happy for that continued profit. Coming slightly off fast, fast. Oh, I can't even say it anymore. Fast fashion. Fast fashion. It's so bad. It's made fast you tongue twisting. Coming off fast fashion for a second. It isn't just clothes where this attitude is there. You know, you've got someone who says, oh, no, I couldn't possibly uh, afford to spend 20 quid on a T-shirt, but will happily wait in line all night to get the latest iPhone. Other smartphones are available, which will be seven, eight, nine hundred pounds. And they'll use it until the next one comes out. They, I mean, I use a smartphone until it dies, dies. You know, I mean, really dies. And even then, I'd like plug it into a car battery and bring it back from the dead <laughs> Frankenphone for a while. You know, I will use it to the end. But there's a lot of money there, so it can't it can't just be the people. Oh no, I just need it cheap. I just need it cheap because often the people who are in that kind of fashion zone and want it cheap don't mind spending five hundred pounds on a smartphone or more, five hundred pounds on a set of jeans or a jacket or more, and certainly the consumer electronics that we walk around with now. I mean, on me right now, I've got a I've got a Fitbit. Other health trackers are available. I've got my phone in my pocket. That kind of thing. These products, to get them so small and get them working the way that they do, they require these rare earth elements, which are, they're just not found, they're rare earth elements. They are not found in great numbers on land, but they are found in quite big numbers under the ocean. And so you're now getting this huge expansion of this really devastating deep sea mining to harvest these rare minerals to then be chucked into, you know, an iPhone that will be someone's for a year until the next one comes out mm. and it's the same idea of just mass producing st- i mean certainly apple have come under a huge amount of fire for what they charge versus what they put in at the bottom end their markup is horrendous but we're you know we i say this as a society we're kind of hooked mm. we're hooked we we do this again and again and again and again and thankfully I, i'd like to say I, I don't think i'm susceptible to it um but I probably am. I mean, in a different you know, way. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of kind of environmental impacts of that kind of thing, there's the huge lithium factories in the middle of desert somewhere. I saw it on a picture the other day. It's absolutely crazy. Just to fuel our iPhone and phone habits. Yeah. Just Huge. chunging it out left, yeah. right, and centre. Yeah. yeah. And it's that. It's it's consumer habits, and in a way, ethical. Being an ethical consumer, get it ready isn't fashionable oh ladies and gentlemen uh, miss lizzie daly she'll be here all week don't forget to tip your waitress (laughs) it's not fashionable but but it is in a way becoming like a badge of honor for some good example ladies and gentlemen right now um uh, lizzie and i are in bristol and there is a bristol company uh, called boston tea party and they do teas and coffees and all lovely, lovely things. They are actually really nice. Yeah. Other cafes are available. Good God. Make up your so minds, humans. Promotion. So much promotion. Um, and they've decided, they've just said, right, we are now no longer doing plastic takeaway cups. And the CEO, young chap, you know, it's a new company. You know, it's a new company. It's a young chap, probably only about our age. He said, yeah, we're going to lose probably about £250,000 a year on this by not having these plastic cups. 
but who cares? You know, because they're still going to stay afloat. They're still going to be able to pay their businesses. They're still going to be able to look after their shareholders. And he said himself, he said, it's not worth it to destroy the planet and make the planet worse for that value of money. Because at the end of the day, it, it just doesn't it doesn't have any value if there is nothing to spend it on. It just becomes meaningless zeros. So in Boston Tea Party, they just don't give you disposable cups? That's it now. They're, uh, I, th- I think they've started a phase out, and I think they've just gone, right, no more no more disposable yeah. cups unless I think they're the fully compostable, yeah. practically edible ones. Yeah. But all the plastic, single use, gone. Gone. And uh, I remember going into one of theirs before. I think it was in Cheltenham or something. And uh, the person in front of me said, can I take it away and they were like have you got your cup they were like no so you can't take it away then they just said no you can't have it if you don't have your own keep cup denied i love that that's how it's got to be that's how it's got to be and those pressures need to be put on people in the right places to make those habits and to make them think actually that's not okay i'm gonna think about maybe wearing that another three times or i'm actually gonna just give it a little mend yeah Fixing clothes. What's what's? Why don't anyone do that? Why doesn't anyone just fix a little hole in their clothes? Some people want holes in their clothes. So I was saying badge of honour for for companies. Some of them making like Boston Tea Party who are just saying no, we're taking the reins, we're doing this ourselves. But um, a friend of mine, uh, he was telling me that recently uh, he had he had this idea for collecting nurdles off beaches, and he'd shown it around at a few science fairs and this, that, and the other. And the there were companies lining up to put their name on it, to give him a bit of coin, to get their brand on this this uh, machine he developed that would take nurdles, nurdles, ladies and gentlemen, are tiny little plastic particles that are found on beaches worldwide, to remove the nurdles from the beach, because for them it was ticking the green box. It it was just for them in their heads. It was a corporate green tax. They could do that. They could invest their money, and then they never need to think about it again because they could walk away with a oh we're doing something. Right. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all because look at the duality. Both you know Boston Tea Party driven, thinking about it, caring, making a difference. Someone giving you know an environmentalist or someone that's working to make the planet better a load of money, so they feel better on their conscience. Well, the means is good. Sorry, the end is good, but can does yeah. you know? Uh, you should care before you. It just seems like paying paying off the devil. Oh, we've done all these horrible things, but don't worry, we've paid we've this. Green tick yeah, we've got our green tick, and that in itself can't be the freebie pass for these people. That has to be a grassroots change of you know what? Maybe our shareholders don't get an extra one million pounds this year. Absolutely, and. It kind of coming full, fully back around then, going back to that awful event uh, in Bangladesh. There was a huge lack of transparency in what brands were part of that massive factory and part of all those people and you know dying and still to this day there's a lack of transparency on that and we need that in the fashion industry. And you're you're totally right. I think I do, I don't like that. I don't like it when companies use little things like that as a little kudos and then but you get that a lot don't you people look for green labels people look for little signs of yes to make themselves feel like or or genuinely believe that they're doing doing things better and being more environmentally friendly and it's a shame because people who are then trying to make a difference are almost getting hijacked yes you know that they they think oh i'm making a difference i'm looking for the right thing and then they get hijacked again and it's it's a real it's a real kipper but 
Look, like, as we were saying, neither of us uh, are at the forefront of fashion. Um, if I was speaking to my sister-in-law, she's she's really good in this kind of thing. She she would be able to tell us many Is she very many. Fashionable? Uh, well, she's she's a young lass working in London. Uh, you know, she, you know, so she's very, you know, better she's than me, who she's looks like it. a spud with a beard. But if what would be your your personal as in your lizzie daly and after we finish here this is how you're going to think about it after this chat and then your advice for somebody else what would you what would you say i would i would go away in fact i might in fact i will i will i'm saying she will ladies and gentlemen she will i've just decided i'm gonna go away after this and have a look at what i've got at the moment in my wardrobe and i'm gonna decide to well if i'm gonna get rid of anything i'm first gonna figure out why and where, how I'm going to dispose of it, and if there's anyone else I know who would like it. And I'm, to be honest, I don't have that many clothes, so everything that I've got, I'll probably end up using over and over and over again. In fact, I've actually had a message before about someone telling me you always wear the same green shirt. Are you like a ripoff of David Attenborough? Because you know David Attenborough wears loads of blue shirts all the time. He only did, did that because I... continuity on the filming was so bad. So his <laughs> his daughter said, "Look, Dad." You're going to just get chinos yeah, and blue so shirts. That's a true story. Is I promise really? you that's true. His continuity on when they were filming the first Planet Earth was so bad, his daughter said, Dad, you can't have this blue anymore. Shirt. Blue, blue shirt, shirt, chinos, that was it forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've taken the same approach, apparently, yeah. because I, I do wear my same green shirt all the time, and I will continue to wear it. And I think... Going away from this, I'd like people to maybe think about what is in their wardrobe. What do they actually use? What do they actually need? And if you are going to dispose of it, if you are going to go out and buy anything more, where are you going to buy it from? Do you really need it? And how can you go forward and change your consumer habits? And I think just just take into consideration all these factors that we've that we've talked about today. And actually, there's plenty of information out there online that can really help you by in a in a better way really there's um, a fantastic initiative called love your clothes um yeah and that gives you loads of information on every stage of clothing and you as a consumer from where you purchase the purchasing process the delivery process that you mentioned um buying smarter caring and repairing for your items upcycling or customizing your things to make them different um, and finally responsible disposal because as i said at the beginning a third of that that billion tonnes of clothing is just chucked in landfill. So really, that is an important part of it. Horrendous. It's part of it, and it's really important. What would be your top tip, then? Well, I, I'm sort of stumped for what I would do at home because I really have the same, you know, the same selection of T-shirts I use for public events and, you know, filming, broadcasting, that kind of thing. And then I've got the same selection of t-shirts I always use for work and I, I really only throw something away when it's uh, completely ruined and actually I take a lot of stuff up to the local charity shop to so for them to sell on to just support a bit of a local charity so I think on that side of things I will I will carry on there um, and have a good excuse for wearing the same jeans for the next 20 years for sure fantastic but, but going ahead just having this chat right now, I really, it's been a Pandora's box for me, this, because I've been coming into this topic, I was aware of it as a two-second tagline, but I am, I am shocked. I cannot believe just how major an issue it is, and it is a major issue. It really, really is, and we need to change, and I'm certainly going to get people to think about changing that, oh, food and clothing, that's your base needs in life. Well, they might be. 
but you think about where your food comes from and people make great huge choices about their food their food lifestyle their their friends that eat the same food as them it's time to do the same with clothing enough is enough don't just bin it keep it keep it keep it and dispose of it responsibly and everything else Tom, that was great. So there we go. Open the eyes of even the most amazingly intelligent marine biologist, metal-headed spud. Who? Who's that? That's you. Is it? I'm sure the (laughs) spud bit. I think I'm a marine biologist. Something will do. And I've definitely had my eyes opened as well, and I'll be going away thinking about how I can buy smarter and be a better consumer. So I've been Lizzie Daly. I've been Tom the Blowfish Herd. We hope you've enjoyed it and been inspired to think more about what you wear, and not in that way. Thank you. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. It's guys, we're every-